You are listening to The Pause Podcast with me, Dr. Benji Epstein, a podcast where we will be giving ourselves the permission to pause. This will be a practical guide to live a life with courage, presence, and authenticity. Join us to reconnect with your most soulful and authentic self by pausing together. All right. It's all right now. Welcome back. Benji Epstein here with my main man, Ben Wallach. Hey. Our sound engineer, Larry in the back. Intern Jason, who is doing a stellar job, Jason. I'm calling home and telling them you're doing an amazing job. And we still have that summer internship open. Feeling blessed to be here with you again another week of being able to sit down together. And the feedback from all of our pause listeners has been so overwhelming, so positive, positive. A lot of people have reached out to tell me people who they think need to listen to our pause cast, right? So you telling me that your father-in-law or your boss need to listen, you need to share that with them. Don't tell me. Send it. Share the gift of pause. Yeah. That's the way to do it with the podcast. You got to yeah. sh- share it with your friends. Share it with your friends and those people who will not take it as a subtle hint that their lives are probably... <laughs> <laughs> Very hectic. Very hectic. We just had a list of people who we're not going to name who we wish were listening to this podcast, but right now we're focusing on ourselves and we're believing that the positive intention will... But we have if to you, see the good in ourselves seeing first. the good in ourselves. Nice shout out. Shout out last week's episode. Yeah. So if, you, if there's somebody who you think could benefit from this, share the gift of pause. Be a positive influence on those people in your life. And our feedback this week is from our friend Joey. And uh, he shared a a note. It's been playing in my mind for the past few days. And he sent me a voice note where he says, even when I can't tap into that place of inner stillness and peace that my soul craves, I remind myself that I can act as if, if only just for this moment. And that is often enough. Ooh, thanks for that, Rip Joey. You are enough. We are all enough. That's a great mantra. You are enough. Okay. So this pause, Ben, is really the crux of all of our spiritual and personal work. Shiviti, cultivating equanimity. It certainly is the goal, which is also... (laughs) The goal is so... (laughs) I wouldn't have said it if you weren't looking at me. (laughs) Just making sure you're listening. I'm listening. Right. The the goal is soul, but it's also the goal of all of my therapy sessions and my now executive coaching sessions, whether it's said explicitly or not. Equanimity is one of the most sublime emotions, hishtavus, that can come out of a consistent meditation practice. The presence of this attribute within one's own mind is what's going to create this fertile environment for the growth of wisdom, freedom, and also going to be a 
buffer, a shield for all the values that we really aspire towards, the compassion, the love, and the capacity to cultivate equanimity comes from the ability to see in a different way than we're used to. And the way we do that, the first way to do that is to see without being caught or getting hooked by what we see. And this is the mindful attention that we have and will continue to speak about, right? We're just paying attention non-judgmentally in the present moment. We're not getting hooked in the story. And when we develop this, a natural outshoot of this is going to be an overall sense of peace. Another way that this equanimity can be derived from the way we're seeing things, and this is a follow-up of seeing the good, is we talked about focusing on the bigger picture, and that's seeing with patience, seeing with understanding, seeing with chokhmah. And I like to explain it to my myself, my clients, of, you know, you're in, I don't know, where are we right now? We're in uh, Glot Express. Not a sponsor, but Ash. Come on, buddy. Hook us up. Is Cloud Express a real place? It's a real store? Yes, dude. Dude, that's a future sponsor. He apologizes for that. You, I, I'm from Brooklyn. I only know about Glad Mart. So. Oh, Glad Express. I ain't sham. I ain't sham. So yeah, Ash, if you're listening, let's go. Let's make it happen. Let's let's do the tango. So you're online at Glad Express, and it's a mom. You see a Safta, a Bubby, and this little kid is losing it on the checkout line because that kid wants the candy bar. That kid is making a scene. We've all been there. And that kid was me. And that kid was me. <laughs> and that's why I'm a meaningful person because that kid was me. No, but I've seen that kid. I've probably been parenting that kid. I was that kid. Yeah. <laughs> how is the mom reacting? Right? And how is... Bubby reacting. And I like to imagine that mom is getting a little bit caught up because she's got her her spin class and she's starting to feel the eyes of all the other people in Glad Express, which is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful store. Getting, you know, boring into the back of her head. But grandma, right? She loves this kid. It's grandma. It's Bobby. It's Safta. But thanks to her own experience with her own life and her children is so much less likely to get caught up in the drama of her grandchildren's lives, right? We just don't want to be as caught up in the drama or selling the drama. But for the spiritual warrior, for the Jewish spiritual warrior, who we all are because we're listening to this podcast, we need to see how this is rooted in our scriptural traditions. And who better than the first lady of Judaism? Last week we did Avram, and this week, Sarah Imenu. Oh, did you think that that was a that was like a testing if you were still awake? <laughs> no, no, I was I was like I was ready to spring for that answer. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> and we see in the Torah when describing Sarah Menu's life, the verse says, "And Sarah was 127 years old. These were the years of Sarah's life." And Rashi explains that the Torah repeats the words, "The years of Sarah's lives, Shnei Chaye Sarah," to let us know Kulam Shavin Litova. They were all equal, Shaveh, in goodness. So why doesn't the Torah just tell us that she lived to the ripe old age of 127? What's being added that these years, these were the years of Sarah's life? So Rashi explains that the conclusion that the first half of the verse is talking about the quantity, how long she lived, but the second is telling her about the quality of life. They, those years that she lived, they were all equal in goodness. Sounds good, right? 
And then you pause. TM. Equal in goodness? Commanded to leave her homeland and family? She was barren for 90 years. Famine. She was abducted not once, but twice by two foreign rulers. She had to deal with some real sticky family household situations with Hagar and Yishmael. How can we say that all her ears were equally good? And so the great Hasidic master, the Sfas Emetz, hero, explains based on the Medrash that states that the Lord knows the days of the perfect and their inheritance shall be forever. That just as they are perfect, so are their years perfect. Right? Big love to my mentor and my friend and teacher, Rav Ari Waxman. Check out his song, Yodeya Hashem Yemei Timimim. So Rashi explains that these years were all equally good. And how is that possible? Svasemis writes, and I'm paraphrasing here, that they were equal for the good is because she embodied this trait of equanimity, which is learned or explained in the Sefer Chovat Halavavot, the duties of the heart, that it's a great virtue that a person should stand firm in their balance, in their equanimity, through all that passes over them. There could be a trial for someone who is dealing with poverty, trial for someone who's dealing with wealth, someone who's dealing with sickness, and someone who's dealing with health, right? Through her early years, Sarah lived through various difficult periods, hunger, being abducted, and in the later years, they were having all the good, but nothing changed in her. All the outside, all the external stimuli had no bearing on her internal life. And this is what is meant when it says that 10 trials were testing Avram Avinu and he stood firm through all because he remained Avram through and through. And similarly, it says, right? Throughout all the days, despite all of the vicissitudes, all the trials, poverty, wealth, health, sickness, she remained balanced. And so how can we learn to be more like Sarah Imenu? And perhaps the better question is, how can any human heart, my heart, your heart, absorb the continuous, unremitting contrast of this life without feeling shattered and thinking that we cannot simply bear this? How can we live with such storm, with such vicissitudes? And how can we somehow contain, hold all of them with a sense of wholeness, coherence, and harmony like our Mother Sarah did. Can we somehow experience freedom in the midst of all of these immense changes as they roll through our lives over and over and over again? And we know that every spiritual path is fraught with difficulty and the Jewish spiritual warrior path is no different. And more often than not, what's going to get in the way of our spiritual aspirations are going to be our internal struggles and narratives rather than any external impediment to growth, right? Our minds create insidious impediments. And those are the ones that become most difficult to overcome. And we see in Tehillim that King David writes, I have set Shiviti God before me at all times. But we know that the Baal Shem Tov, the holy Baal Shem Tov, the pioneer of the Hasidic movement, and most likely the source of where the Sfas Emes 
derived his explanation. He deviates from the traditional interpretation and he explains that the word shiviti connotes an expression of ishtavus, of equanimity. It's a state in which the response to anything, to all stimuli, be it whether a person is praised or shamed, will always be consistent and measured. It'll be one of balance and steadiness. Because no matter the circumstance, when it's viewed from the proper perspective, everything becomes essentially the same. The Baal Shem Tov is suggesting that in spite of the difficulties to achieve balance in a world that feels as if it's constantly spinning out of control, when we're able to cultivate a mindset of Shiviti, we can access a deeper calm. Similar to the placid waters that lie beneath the churning surface of the ocean, whose crashing waves are powerless to affect the peaceful depths. And when I'm talking about this, and maybe this resonates with you, or if I'm talking about this with my patients, most people's initial reaction to this description is that it appears to be promoting the idea that you adopt an attitude of detachment, of apathy, to just sort of remove yourself from the realities and harsh challenges of life, to become... What's the word? To become apathetic. Numb. Numb. Thank you. To become, to simply... Comfortably numb. To become comfortably numb. And they say, what would be good about that? What would be good about if I would, even though my reactions are sometimes extreme, sometimes they're disturbing, I don't, and we'll talk about difficult emotions, but how is it better to just become numb, to be passive and just sort of become like blah, like to really lose my personality? And they say that that's not appropriate. That's not a human or appropriate response, but you're not, they are not. And if you're hearing it this way, then I'm not clearly explaining this gift of Shiviti. Withdrawal, numbness, indifference. Those are the near enemies to Shivisi. It means that they masquerade as it. But indifference and withdrawal are based upon fear, not acceptance. True equanimity arises this mindset of Shivisi is cultivated when we maintain a sense of balance and openness and acceptance in the midst of whatever is happening. Seeing without getting hooked and seeing bigger picture, which are essentially two sides of the same coin. Not getting hooked and seeing the bigger picture. When we cultivate this mindset, when we develop this attitude fully, properly, it allows each of us to be fully present to whatever is arising, our thoughts, our feelings, because we're being attuned to the unfolding nature of God's revelation in each and every moment of this life. Right? It's another expression of saying yes to life. Maybe we'll do that next week. And we're living through this prism of Shiviti, which means that every word, every thought, every action, every moment, moment by moment by moment, is now another additional point of departure for contemplation, but also encounter with godliness, with divinity. Not just when you're learning Torah, not just when you're davening, not just when you're listening to the podcast. Encountering God is a constant and consistent in our lives. So if at every moment we're living with this crystal clear recognition that this moment as it is without veil contains within it an opportunity to remove the covering from a world where it feels as if God's presence is hidden and to see clearly that here too is God 
then this moment becomes one with the possibility to forge genuine connection. Yichud, Yud, He, and Vav, He. Our frustrations, our disappointments, can be traced back directly to what we perceive to be failures to achieve what we believe to be best for us and what we perceive to be harm or slights done towards us. But no matter the circumstance, no matter how dire the situation, we can always remind ourselves that here's another opportunity to attach ourselves to the moment, to the holiness intrinsic in each and every breath. And this is an act of courage, no matter what the situation is, to reach out to the divinity that resides within and not allow any other factor to determine our reactions. Pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. But the inevitable result of wanting to be somewhere other than where you are, wishing for a different outcome than the one you are currently living in, is the disappointment and frustration of rejecting the actuality of what really is happening right now. I definitely want to do that next week, saying yes. Thank you. We were talking about it. That's good. So when we're fully attaching ourselves to the present situation, it means that right now, this is precisely where you are supposed to be. This is what you are supposed to be doing. And this is what is supposed to be happening. So given that, and not some fictitious notion of how things should be, how should you respond? What would be, quote-unquote, the skillful, the wise response? So being tuned into the reality of godliness in all things, then everything will be balanced because it's all clearly from Hashem. It's all the same. And it's just awaiting your decision as to how to properly respond. Not react, but respond. Right now, this is how God wants to be served. Right now, things are as they are supposed to be. Everything in its right place. Everything everything not to be confused with how to disappear completely not to be confused at all with how to be disappear completely because that would be apathy here is, we are that just, is the opposite that is the opposite high i'm five. not here this isn't happening i'm not here the strength the koch of shiviti derives from a combination of understanding and trust it's based on understanding that the frustration we feel when we can't control the world isn't coming from our inability to do so but from the fact that we're trying to control something that's uncontrollable. I get upset every time the seasons change because I don't love winter. It would be futile to be stamping my foot and saying this shouldn't be happening. Winter will always follow autumn. We may not prefer it, but we trust it because we understand and accept its rightful place in a bigger picture. yud hey vav and hey havaya. So can we apply that same wise balance to the cycles and tides of pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral experiences in our lives? Shiviti. How? Because Havaya Lenegdi Tamid. I want to be very clear about this. I'm not trying to imply that we don't care. Of course you care. But how much? How much do you care? How much do we care? Are we utterly devastated over something we cannot control? Do we decry what we just did as worthless or, or futile because it doesn't receive the universal praise 
as though anything would or could. You can't stop the waves. Remember? You can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. The spirit of the practice of shivisi and peace is not that the waves will stop, but that our heart and our mind can become open and balanced so that we can behold the changing of the seasons, the changes that are happening constantly in our world from a place of stillness. We're not just acknowledging that Hashem's actions are righteous. Everything that Hashem does is for the good. Thank you, Hashem. Not a sponsor, which is, of course, a basic Jewish tenet. But what it does, it, it offers us this liberating possibility of accepting hardships and difficulties with unbridled optimism and love. Hishtavos is the clear recognition that everything transpiring, both inside and around a person, is merely a garment that clothes the source of reality. It is the living, breathing possibility for connection with each moment and the opportunity, the gift, to pause, accept, and embrace, no matter what form it takes. And so by cultivating this midah with practice and diligence, we can also be like our mother Sarah, Sarah Imenu, and experience the joy of living all of our years to be equal in goodness. Any questions before we move on to the practice? No, I'm good. All right, let's practice Shiviti. Let's start by taking a relaxed and easy posture, however you feel comfortable. And if you're able to, gently close your eyes. As you sit here quietly, pause and reflect for a moment on the benefit of a mind that has balance and equanimity. Acknowledge what a great gift it would be to bring a peaceful heart into your own life and into the world around you. Let yourself feel this inner sense of balance and ease. Gently invite the quality of a peaceful and balanced heart to be here with you and let it fill your body and mind. And with each breath, let your body and mind become calmer. Allowing a great sense of peace to fill you as you gently repeat the simple phrases that follow with each breath. Breathing in and out, I calm my body. Breathing in and out, I calm my mind. May I be balanced. May I be at peace. With each breath, gently breathing in and out, I calm my body. Breathing in and out, I quiet my mind. May I be balanced and at peace.
take your time with these phrases. Shiviti combines an understanding mind together with a compassionate heart. And when you start to feel quiet in your body and mind, broaden the sense of calm into a spacious equanimity. Acknowledge that all things arise, pass away, joys and sorrows, pleasant and painful events. This too shall pass. Allow yourself to just rest in stillness, a calm and steady witness to this great dance of life. Now, as you continue to breathe gently, allow these phrases of equanimity and peace to nourish and inspire the true quality of stillness in the midst of all the inevitable changes. May I learn to accept the arising and passing of all things with this attitude of shiviti and balance. May I be open, balanced, at peace in the midst of change. May I accept things as they are. May I accept things as they are. This too is from Hashem. Allow stillness to enter every part of your being, opening your body and mind beyond any weariness or struggle, resting at ease in this vast universe. Taking your time and continuing to recite these phrases and invocations of peace and tranquility. May I see the arising and passing of all with shiviti and balance. May I be open and may my heart be at peace. May we all find balance and peace, compassion and shiviti amidst all things of this world. May I accept things as they are. This too is from Hashem. This too is from God. Patient God, teach me to be patient, unruffled by those who anger, tolerant of those who exasperate, accepting of those who disappoint. Help me remain serene in the face of derision, calm in the face of provocation, 
composed in the midst of a storm. And God, teach me to be patient with myself. This too is from God. Thank you so much for taking this pause with us. We look forward to doing it again real soon. The goal is soul. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen ve'amen. Thank you for pausing with us today on this Jewish mindfulness journey. If you enjoyed this pause together, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. This helps us get this and other soulful content released into the world. May the insights and stillness we've accessed today guide us in our daily lives. And may we cultivate greater awareness, compassion, and connection with ourselves, others, and with the divine. Let's pause together again real soon. The goal is soul.